Local talk is back in the valley. It's the conversation you've missed. The Mike Douglas Show. Weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And thank you so much for joining us this Wednesday afternoon here in the Central Valley of California on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas with you. Uh, My favorite time of the day, 3 to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday, where you and I get to share some time together, discuss the issues of the day respectfully, rationally, reasonably. Not a lot of that going on in our culture today, but that's the opportunity we have right here live and local, Monday through Friday, 3 to 4 p.m. I thank you so much for the privilege of serving as your concierge for conversation as we tackle uh, the issues of the day that directly affect you and me. My friends, we're going to uh, take our focus once again to Afghanistan. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm trying to think of all a couple of adjectives that immediately come to mind when I think of what's happening in Afghanistan right now. A couple just pop into my mind immediately. Adjectives like disappointing, uh, surreal, shocking, uh, frustrating, disturbing. I could go on and on, and none of them are positive at all. Right now, on the line, we have with us a gentleman by the name of Kareem. Now, Kareem is originally from Afghanistan. He lives here in uh, the greater Modesto area, Stanislaus County. He's lived in the United States with his wife and his kids for uh, about six years. And right now, his wife, his two daughters, and his son are in Afghanistan And he, understandably, is worried about them and their future. So, uh, Kareem, welcome to the Mike Douglas Show. Give us an update on your wife and children. They got got to the airport, but it was really horrible, horrible way because the the forces, like the, the, I don't know who's running over there, but special forces, I think they're, they're shooting at them. On the ground and underneath of their feet, you know, like it's like they're. My mom was saying like they're shooting like on people, like maybe like thirty centimeters of height uh, higher than their heads. You know, like they're really they're, they don't care about people. Even my wife, she was showing her passport, and she was yelling like you know, she's she's a citizen. But they don't. They do not care about her. About her, you know. Like um, there's a lot of things was going on. But she she was unconscious for a little bit, and then finally she got to the base, to the airport. Now were these Taliban forces that were uh, shooting at her? The those that are surrounding the airport? No, no, no. That was the U.S. Uh, forces. These were U.S. forces that were shooting at them. Yes. Yes. My goodness, that's uh, that's unconscionable. That's so horrible. they were showing yeah. their passports, and yet they yes. were being prevented from getting on the airplane, right? Yes, on the uh, into the into the airport, not onto the airplane, into the airport. They so were she... not taking taking them inside the airport, and then they could take them to the uh, to the plane. But uh, she was outside by the gate. But they were fighting um, all people, you know, like uh, them. They, she was unconscious for a little bit, like for like ten minutes over there. 
Now, why was she unconscious? Was it just because of the stress because, of the situation? Or? Yeah, because of stress. They, they, they scared them. They were shooting at people. They wouldn't, they, they're not caring. You know, they were fighting. They, they were shooting on the on the ground on the knees of the people, like maybe 30, 30 uh, like, or like a feet, like, a, like one, one foot. And the, the one foot, you know, they were fighting on the ground, and then they, they wouldn't care about nobody. So they were uh, essentially firing warning shots above their heads or uh, towards their feet to keep them away. And again, you've told us, as far as you know, these are these are U.S. forces. So what is uh, her status now? Your, your wife and, and two daughters and son. Where are they at the moment? If you can tell uh, us, they're they're in, inside the airport right now. They're waiting for the plane to come and pick it up, pick them up. Okay, so how were they eventually able to get through? You you said they were being fired at. What what happened that allowed them finally to get through? So one were they're waiting uh, for for the gate to, to to be open, right? And then um, by the time the American, like the U.S. forces, they come to the gate, and then they're showing their passport to them. Hey, we are uh, United States citizens. We have the passport on hand. So just let us come in, but uh, they were not listening, and then they were firing at everybody over there. So how were they finally able to convince finally, them to get in? Finally, one of her, she got one of her, she got um, unconscious for uh, actually one or two minutes, and then five minutes, and then they um, they finally let her get in. Then oh. they finally they, they checked their documents afterwards. Okay, so really was, uh, I guess, fortunate that she passed out because that apparently drew their attention and, and eventually permitted them to get in. So both your wife, two daughters, and son are now inside the airport. Is that right? Yes, yes. And they are and all to, They are all U.S. citizens. My... Is that right? They're all U.S. Yes. citizens? Okay. Yes, exactly, yes. Kareem, can you ver? We we've heard a lot of reports that the Taliban forces are, in many cases, going house to house, uh, looking uh, for people who may be in opposition and such, and that there has been some some violence in the streets. Can you confirm any of those reports for us? Uh, what have, what has uh, your your wife told you about what's happening on the ground in Afghanistan? So uh, on the ground, they're the same exact thing. Whatever you said, they are searching for people who are working for the for the U.S. Um, and then and they quietly they're gonna take him uh, down. You know, they're gonna kill him or something. They they're gonna take him with them and then eventually they're gonna kill him because they're, they're not what they're not what they're saying on the TV or in the in the newspapers. But um, I've seen a lot of I've heard a lot of people they were killed. It's still like. Uh, in Afghanistan, because they were working with the U.S. forces over there. Now, how were your wife and, and children able to get to the airport? Were they driven there? How, how did they get from where they were staying to the my, airport itself? My brother-in-law, my brother-in-law, and I, I asked my brother-in-law, he um, finally he, um, accepted the danger um, of the roads. You know, they're, they're everywhere. The Taliban is everywhere. So they accept the 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 the, the danger, and they, 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 he took him um, two, three times. This is this was the third time they were going to the, the airport, 
um, by the gate, but um, the U.S. forces, they were, not, uh, they were not checking their passport. They were not looking at them. They were not listening at them. Who are they? Um, how they, uh, why they came here? Nobody was listening. And then they were firing at them to, um, um, to flee them from, from, the, from the gate. So what, uh, to your knowledge, what is the plan now? Is, uh, do they have any idea of when they might be able to board a plane and, and head back to the U.S.? To be honest, no. This is not, no, nobody can confirm when. Um, but they are saying like uh, every night they are taking um, a lot of people from there, from the, from the airport. How are you able to communicate with your wife now? Uh, does she have a phone or do, are you going through someone else? Uh, she has the phone, but um, what happens is like uh, I call somebody else, they call them, and then they ask the, the question uh, how they, the situation is, and then, then they, they're going to uh, tell me what's going on over there. But sometimes I can, I can communicate with them too. And um, they're, whatever they're saying, I'm asking, they're uh, answering my questions directly and indirectly. Kareem, what brought you originally? You've been in the United States now for six years, I believe you told me. What what brought you here, and what were some of the challenges that you faced in integrating into our culture here? What brought me here um, to have like um, to make a good uh, living uh, situation for my family, but this is because of my family. I accept every challenge as I have. Um, I need to make a good, like a good uh, living, um, uh, the situation for my family, for my kids. And the uh, main reason I have right here to send my kids to the to uh, school and college, in order to um, they become uh, educated people. Um, over there in, in Afghanistan, nobody nobody has a high education or even low education. They have nothing. They're wasting their time with us in the school and the colleges also. So basically, for you, it's a matter of educational opportunities and uh, the freedom to pursue whatever you would like to in terms of employment yes. and, and your dreams, right? Uh, just yes, very, that's correct, yeah. Very quickly, uh, Kareem, you said that your wife and, and uh, two daughters and son are U.S. citizens. Were they here and then went over to Afghanistan? So we, um, me and my wife, uh, we come with my daughter. We had only one daughter. And then my, uh, my son born right here and my, my daughter born right here too. And uh, we went over there because of her. She was, my wife, she was not feeling right because she was feeling depressed. And she was really, uh, was feeling really bad. So I took her back to her mom over there. And uh, what happened uh, the, the 15th of this month um, over there, when over there trying to go to the airport, same day the Taliban attacked to the to the Kabul city. Nobody knew um, me, my wife. Nobody knew what they exactly it's gonna uh, they're gonna attack to the Kabul. But even they told it that they're telling people they're not gonna come to the Kabul Kabul city. And uh, 15 of this month, we were trying to uh, come, and they were trying to come back from the Kabul, and uh, but they attacked, and the flight get just canceled. 
All right, so it's a situation now where uh, your your wife and children are in the airport, and you're really waiting to hear uh, what what happens from this point. Uh, Kareem, before we go, what what is your sense of the future of Afghanistan now? As uh, the U.S. is pulling out, uh, the Taliban is is taking over more and more. What do you think the future of Afghanistan is going to be from this point? Afghanistan is destroyed. Afghanistan is like a pan that everybody comes and put their uh, spoons and taste something from there. It's it's like for me, I cannot trust anybody because you know the Ashraf Ghani. She he um, he flew from there with a lot of money. It's on the news. So how I can trust somebody else that could become a, as a president? They don't drop people. They don't, you know, there's in Afghanistan, I, I, I cannot, I cannot feel safety in Afghanistan anymore. And I cannot trust no talent, you know, because they're saying something, they're, they're doing something else. As, as this is my, my, whenever I see my, with my eyes, I, I see they're saying say something and then they're doing something else. It's, this is really impossible for people to be changed and within a month, nobody can change within a month. How, how the Taliban, they can do the change within a month. One month before they're saying they're gonna kill everybody. And whenever they come, to the, to the, they, they, they um, get the cobble to the cobble and then they are saying like, they're not gonna do anything to anybody. Uh, nobody can trust. Myself, I cannot I can trust. I, I'm assuming there's gonna be big war in Afghanistan. There's going to be a lot of a lot of dead people over there because they 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 is not they're not uh, talking about the good of Afghanistan. They're just talking about to kill people in Afghanistan. They don't care about children. They don't care about elders. They don't care about nobody. They don't care about women. They don't care about nothing else. I wish there was a. I wish there was um, there was a group or or, or somebody that. They come to the to the to Afghanistan, and then they rule the the good law order, which is we really needed a good law order. But nobody nobody do it. Even the Taliban, no, the Taliban is nobody can trust them. Kareem, if uh, you were able to stand before the president of the United States right now and make a request of him, what would you ask the president today? for on behalf of the nation of Afghanistan and, and your relatives who are there now? Um, I would ask President Biden if, if, he was, um, if he was sending troops over there, back over there, that he has to go with a good plan. I'm a U.S. citizen right here, too. If he goes somewhere, he goes on behalf of every U.S. citizen. Uh, I'm asking him to do good to people. Yes, we're going to take whatever we can take, whatever it's our right. We defend ourselves overseas. That's true. But if you see people are working with you, you got to be honest with them. You got to be, you see, like people are loving you, like they're coming towards you. Then you go towards them too. Make a good friendship with people over there. Now my, my country, my parents over there is in danger. 
And uh, I don't have anything because nobody nobody cares. Even President Biden, if they were caring, they would they would make a system for us. We were working with the U.S. Uh, uh, forces. They were they, they sh- he should have made a system that way we could bring all our families, like my parents, my sister, my brothers. If there was nobody, I wouldn't go over there. I wouldn't go over there. Because there, everybody come over there to take apart and destroy the place, bridges, schools, uh, everything. So I would ask President Biden, whenever he goes, he has to go with a big plan, not with a small plan. In other words, what you would like to see are some well-thought-out strategies that seem to be lacking at this point. What you described to me, Kareem, at the airport as your wife was trying to get there and U.S. forces actually were firing warning shots at her, sounds to me like total chaos, and that's not the result of a good plan. Would you agree? No. No, exactly I'm not, because if you were planning to uh, bring those like a— U.S. citizen back to the United States whenever the people are coming from their back. So you should have somebody over there asking their passport and let them get in. That's it. Even though they are showing their passport to you, like you should have seen all those those, those people are U.S. citizens. They, they have to you have to be checked because they have documents over there. If this is not the way you shoot people or like whatever warning shooting and stuff, whatever they are, they are saying. But this is not the way they behave like with a U.S. citizen. Kareem, I can't imagine what you're going through. And, and so on behalf of all of us here, thank you so much for being so honest, transparent with us. And uh, we pray for the best for you and your family. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, it's been like maybe one of this happened, the attack over there. I, I didn't eat. I didn't go sleep. And I have to go to work also. Otherwise, I kind of make money and I kind of pay my expenses. Nobody cares. And this is this is us. You know, our country got destroyed. That's one point. And my wife, my my parents, my 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 brothers, my 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 brothers are actually all of them right here. My sisters over there with their family. My brother and my 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 parents are over there. My brothers-in-law, they're over there. My sister-in-law is over there. So I need to get them back right here because if I. If I don't get them back right here, my wife's gonna. How my wife's gonna live right here? It's a chaos for me too. It's like uh, I call my my parents and I I, I don't call my uh, my mother-in-law or um, my brothers-in-law or my my sister-in-law. So how how it works? How do you expect the people like live right here with peace? They're gonna all the time. They're gonna have struggling because they have somebody over there overseas in in, in their country. And in, in, in Afghanistan, uh, the left ones over there. Well said, Kareem. And I would, uh, I'm not guessing, I'm very sure that a lot of people who are listening to this right now care a lot uh, because you've created that reality for them through your transparency and your honesty. And we thank you for that and uh, for sharing that with us today. Kareem, again, uh, thank you so much. You know, friends, as I've, I've listened to Kareem, I got a lot of emotions and angsts welling up inside of me. I think uh, 
I've always had a healthy pride in the United States of America. Not proud right now to hear uh, a man from Afghanistan who lives here in our neighborhood with his wife and children in Afghanistan at the Kabul airport trying to get to safety, holding up their U.S. passport and having U.S. troops fire warning shots at them over their heads and at their feet. I am disgusted at the chaotic way our administration has responded to what's happening in Afghanistan. Are you content with this? Is, is this what we signed up for? Those of you who voted for this particular president, Joe Biden, is, is this what you imagined? Is, is, is this the kind of response that you intended? I'm disgusted at our response. Kareem talked about a big plan, not a small plan. I don't think there was a plan. Well, I think there was a plan. There were intelligent plans, as it, as it turns out, as we're hearing. But the Biden administration chose not to use those plans, apparently. And now we're at the point where U.S. forces, doggone it, are firing on our own people, U.S. citizens. This is unconscionable. And the Biden administration needs to be held accountable for this. But what's happening? The president is, is hiding at Camp David and the press secretary talks in circles. When are we going to deal with reality? When are we going to deal with the people like Kareem, whose wife and children, their lives are at stake in Afghanistan while we have chaos over there? And not a big plan, not even a small plan. It's a zero plan that's happening. My friends, I am Angry with a righteous anger? I don't know about you, but this upsets me. And I hope it's upsetting a whole lot of people around the United States of America. And somehow, some way, we can hold this administration to accountability, hold their feet to the fire, so to speak, and, and goad them into some intelligent response to a horrible situation. People who have helped the United States of America over there for 20 years are being fired upon, for goodness sakes. What in the world is happening at the White House? What in the world is happening at the Pentagon? Whatever it is, I don't like it, and I'm hoping you don't like it either. We'll be talking about fires and people being evacuated from the fires up in the Pollock Pines area in about five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show. I'm going to calm down a bit on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, every weekday at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. It's today's conversation for Stockton, Modesto, and beyond. beyond. Now, back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And thank you so much for joining us this Wednesday afternoon. If you're, uh, if you're here in uh, California's Central Valley, no doubt uh, you're smelling the smoke in the air. You're seeing the haze as well. And uh, one of the reasons for that in California is uh, a fire 
burning in the El Dorado National Forest. Uh, it's called the Calder Fire, C-A-L-D-O-R. Uh, started near Lake uh, Tahoe yesterday, and in about oh, within about 24 hours, it went from 6,500 acres to uh, nearing 54,000 acres this morning uh, with no containment. And evacuations uh, are happening, uh, especially in the Pollock Pines area and, uh, and in that area as well. And uh, on the line with us is uh, someone whose uh, home is affected, and uh, they're also looking at, uh, at the realities of evacuations and the realities that an, there's nothing more fearsome than a fire out of control. A uh, fire has its own mind, it creates its own weather, and it is fearsome. Uh, John, welcome to uh, the Mike Douglas Show, and bring us up to speed what's happening with uh, your home and uh, the evacuations that are happening in your area. Absolutely. You know, everybody is actually doing really fantastic job of making sure that they are evacuating. Um, in fact, when we evacuated yesterday, my wife and son left hours before I did, before the warning even came in. And I spent my time waiting for the warning to come in, getting everything packed, making sure that we had what we needed, uh, making sure the pets were ready to go, um, you know, the six P's that they tell you about on ready for wildfire. Um definitely make sure you have those ready to go. But um, right now, um, I don't know, the way the bird flies, this fire is about two miles away from my house. And uh, I thank God for the firefighters and the amazing job they're doing because they're really working overtime to make sure that this doesn't impact the heavily populated area uh, just outside of Pollock Pines. Um, so I'm very thankful to them. And, um, and yeah, it's very stressful, but, uh, you know, I can't speak for everyone, but for myself, you know, it's out of, it's out of my hands and, and I just kind of have to take a deep breath and hope and pray for the best. And, and there's not much else that I can do. Yeah. You know, there's a, and, and you've, you've expressed that you've explained that very well. There's kind of a Rubicon that one has to cross in these types of uh, situations. Uh, just, just give us a sense for what it feels like in your gut as you're preparing to leave. And you're thinking about the fact that a lot of your history is, is in that, in that piece of property there. What, what goes through your mind and your gut as you're preparing to leave? Well, I, I want to stay hopeful and, and think that, um, you know, that the firefighters are going to prevail on this one and, and help us not lose all of our homes. That's, that's how it feels, and the winds have been working out. Um, so I, I'm, I'm remaining hopeful. Um, but were things to go the other direction, um, I, I can't say exactly how I'd respond, but I, I, I already know in my mind that, the important things are with me, uh, you know, my family and my pets and, and little keepsakes and, and the others, the rest of it is stuff that, that can be replaced. Um, yeah, it, exactly. Uh, talk about some of the preparations that you do. I mean, I mean, I imagine that the fire approaching is not a surprise to you. You've, uh, you've been watching it. Uh, what, what preparations have you made over the past week or so uh, regarding the advent of the fire and the approach of the fire? Uh, you know, the preparations were kind of spur of the moment. Um, 
I guess the fire started late Saturday night, uh, but it didn't become a real big issue until yesterday morning. Um, as a matter of fact, I was just up and going about my regular business until about nine o'clock and then hard left because everything's got to change. So um, preparations entailed, you know, initially going and getting all the, the pet kennels out, making sure those were ready to go. So when it was time, I could just throw them in there. Uh, getting bags out, making sure I had a couple of changes of clothes and, and my hard drives and my pictures and my keepsakes and um, keys and chargers for your phones. And um, and then beyond that, um, just just trying to come up with any other things that you might need or try to prepare. Um, you know, I, I left my lights on and uh, left hoses out near the the fountains just in case something happens and they come down and need those um you know i I, um i just tried to prep the best that i could and then when they said it's time to go i i left you mentioned uh the firefighters and i i would imagine that you join the rest of us in just applauding them and and the tremendous efforts that uh, that they're making that's a tough gig it it really is and and our fire season isn't over technically we still got uh, a few months left right now we've got one two three four what five or six uh, active fires uh, six fires happening in in northern california the calder fire is the uh, the southernmost in our area anyway and uh, you mentioned uh, the, the evacuation process. Talk to us a little bit about the folks that you encountered from local government agencies and how that interaction went. You know, um, it's, a, it's heavily with the sheriff's department up here, and, and it's a pretty tight community up, up here in the hills, at least where I am. And, and we know our local sheriffs, and, and they live here with us. They're our neighbors, our friends, our you know, family in some cases, and um, they're just as worried and concerned and fearful of what could happen as anyone else, but they are showing the fortitude and, and the patience and the courage to, to help lead others by example. So a big thanks to them and the firefighters and, and a huge shout out to, to the guys running the air tankers because they are, they've just been nonstop for days. I've been listening to the, to the traffic, um, on the scanner and they they're amazing and they they care as well you can hear it and and not only amazing john but uh also dangerous i mean these guys and gals are flying uh through smoke and uh each flight is a very risky thing and uh it, it, i stand in awe i don't know about you but i stand in awe of the folks that fly those aircraft under these conditions it's amazing i i yeah uh I can't imagine what the what the fire and the smoke and, and the heat is doing to, you know, to clog up those engines or, or cause it to lift or change the way that it's trying to fly. So they're amazing to be able to, to do this in these kind of conditions um, and um, takes a lot of courage on their part as well. And, we talked um, about the I, fact I, that as a community. I, 
Just very briefly, we talked about the fact that this was a fairly uh, sudden onset uh, urgency for you. Uh, talked about the fact that in the past 24 hours, the fire went from uh, about 6,500 acres to uh, 53,772, almost 54,000 uh, acres. Can you give us some sense of what the roadways are like as uh, people begin the evacuation process? Uh, as, as you were leaving, what did the roads look like? Was traffic being facilitated? What was it like out there? Uh, you know, the, the traffic was pretty steady, almost all in one direction, heading away from the fire towards uh, towards Placerville or Sacramento. Um, there weren't really any complications with that. It was pretty smooth uh, just getting out of there. Um, I did see sheriffs on their way up. They were going door to door looking to see if anybody was still there. But for the most part, um, people had already evacuated. They were just putting tags out to, so that they knew um, that that place was, was good to go. And, uh, we're, and and I was saying earlier that I think as a community we pulled together and we're reacting, you know, fairly well to this, um, all things considered. Yeah, and that helps to have a well-connected community. Great, great advantages to that. Now, wherever you're going to be uh, for now, uh, is there a, a, a set line of communication where you know when it's safe to uh, to go back? Do you have any uh, personal connections, texts, etc., or are you just waiting for blanket official notifications? Uh, hopefully, and we pray that when, when things are all clear. Yeah, probably more so the latter, although we're paying very close attention. I'm listening to all the scanners. We're watching all the sites that are giving information. Uh, we do have a friend who's uh, that's one of the investigators, but, but they're working uh, up on the Dixie Fire. But they, they occasionally will give us a little heads up about some things that are going on uh, down here in this region. Um, so, But for the moment, I think officially we'll wait until they officially say um, that it's all clear. It seems like the safest, wisest thing to do. And our prayers definitely go in that uh, direction. John, thank you. Thank you so much for carving some time out of your day today just to, to share what's happening. Uh, I know it's got to be a gut-wrenching experience in one way, but as you say in the other, what do you do? You, uh, you rise to the occasion and you wait and uh, hope for the best, right? That's, that's all we can do at this point. Um, otherwise, it's just wasted energy. So we just keep our good thoughts going and, and be there to help out if, if we need to be, uh, be tapped into. Well, great. Uh, your, your attitude is very inspiring. John, thank you so much for joining us here on the Mike Douglas Show. appreciate you taking time to be with us. Uh, blessings upon you, and, and we hope that you will be able to, uh, to return to your home. Again, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. All right, my friends, lots to talk about today. Your reactions, uh, our, uh, our telephone number, area code 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. As we think about what's happening in Afghanistan, which just still is a gut-wrenching thing for me, I just... I'm I'm so disappointed in our government and its response. And then 
we have inspiring people like uh, John, who, who, who j- we just talked to, who in the face of the fire approaching his, his property, rises to the occasion and gets stuff ready, does what he needs to do, make sure his family and his pets are okay and they're protected and uh, heads out and waits to see what happens. You know, there are uh, quiet heroes like him all throughout California and those uh, about six fires that are burning right now. We'll talk more about that and uh, other things that are happening in our state at the moment as well in about three or four minutes. Our telephone number here, 551-3483, area code 209-551-3483. The Mike Douglas Show continues in about three or four minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, every weekday at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Trevor Carey Show. Amen. Follows Mike Douglas every weekday at 4. Well said. On Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And thank you so much again for joining us this uh, Wednesday afternoon here in California's Central Valley. We've been talking about a lot today uh, from uh, the, the mess, the chaos in Afghanistan at the Kabul airport uh, to the fires up here in Northern California. And, and John's so uh, wonderful and I, I think really heroic response to when his house uh, is threatened and uh, he just did what he needed to do. He's evacuated and, and standing by a lot to talk about today. So let's go right to the phones. Again, our number 209 209- Five five one three four eight three two zero nine five five one three four eight three and to Turlock we go and Roger Roger welcome to the show what's on your mind today Yeah I remember months ago Biden was bashing Putin bashing bashing this was before the uh, computer hacks from Russia long before and Putin kept saying you better knock it off Joe or something bad's going to happen. Well, finally, after weeks of him bashing Putin, Putin signed an agreement with China, a partnership, a pact, a defense pact. The first time, to my knowledge, that that's ever occurred. I don't think Putin's really excited about China, but he just got tired of it. And another comment I'd like to say is that the Democrats work super, super hard trying to steal the elections with lawsuits and all kinds of uh, efforts to uh, rob the elections and yet they worked on it for years and months and months very careful very well planned but yet the way that they handled the evacuation uh, evacuating our big air bases like Ron or whatever and seven others uh, uh, having the contractors who worked on the Afghan Air Force letting them go so their Air Force wouldn't work providing no air support, uh, their the plans and the efforts that they put into uh, stealing the election, if they put would have put 10% as much effort into a proper evacuation, we wouldn't be in this mess right now. But they're too busy chasing down Christians and conservatives and Republicans, and they just don't have time to plan for evacuation. Well, they supported Biden with all his corruption and stuff, and now he's probably going to be an albatross around their neck. So anyway, it's a terrible tragedy Hmm. how they have bungled this evacuation 
Thousands of Americans are now in jeopardy. But we're a laughing stock to the whole world. We have no credibility. Um, the world is thinking that they can't plan anything properly when it comes to military. No one's going to trust us anymore. Even our allies, we got allies from NATO and Europe. They're high and dry, too, because we evacuated without consulting them. We pulled the war wool out or the rug out from under them. It's just a terrible shame. Very now, sad. Roger, uh, thank you for your call. Appreciate it. I think, uh, I think what we're hearing in Roger is a lot of frustration uh, across America today uh, with, uh, with the lack of, of planning. And you think of all the political planning that happens, and why can't we uh, put a... a, a a plan together with that type of deep thinking into the evacuation, as we heard earlier uh, from uh, our, our interview from our friend Kareem. Uh, he talked about the fact that it doesn't seem that anybody cares, uh, that uh, uh, there, there's no strategic plan that uh, the people are, are, aren't worried about them. They're worried about other things. And, and here he is. He's got his wife and his, his kids stuck in Afghanistan. And he feels that, that and, and probably rightly so, that, that nobody really cares. I mean, you're, you're looking at, uh, as he articulated, Roger, earlier, uh, he's looking at a, a future of war. You're looking at a future of death. And as you uh, think of the, the responses coming out of Washington, D.C. right now, there's not a whole lot of response that really addresses the issue that Kareem needs addressed, and that is, what are you going to do to ensure the safety of my wife and children in Afghanistan and multiple multiply them by tens of hundreds of people, I would guess, who have the same uh, concerns as well. Well, at least a couple thousand anyway, as we uh, as we think about it. So uh, Roger got the frustration in your voice. I think a lot of people feel that. And uh, I want to come back to Kareem's challenge. You know, he says the United States of America, if he got in front of uh, President Biden, he'd say, come with a big plan. Not, not a small plan, not a fraught with problem, not a Swiss cheese full of holes plan like that we have right now. Come with a big plan to deal with what's happening there a world away. And my friends are need to be on our knees. Those of you who are fellow people of faith, we need to be on our knees over this in prayer. Oh. Just pray that our administration begins to deal with this intelligently. Thank you so much for joining me today. Trevor Carey, coming up at 4 o'clock. Thanks for joining me today and hearing my frustration as well on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360, KFIB. See you tomorrow at 3.